Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Leaving Neverland in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. I want to preface this, um, and I think this, I feel like this should go without saying, when you talk about any real event, uh, documentary, something, any, you know, news story, whatever, you know, um, I mean, I guess not every single one, but the vast, vast, overwhelming majority of them, um, you know, I, I wasn't even there, right? I, I can't speak to the legitimacy um, and, and accuracy <clears throat> of what's said in the documentary. Um, you know, obviously the, the footage is real, but the footage doesn't show what is being said most of the time uh, because, well, <laughs> if it did, you know, we, we'd be having a very different story. But... You, you, it's 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 a matter of um, you know belief in a lot of ways, and you can't do these true crime these these revealing um, victim confessions without recognizing that you have to go in with a level of understanding of what is happening. Uh, what I guess what I mean by that is, you know, I, I you know, the, the the documentary, it's four hours long. It's on HBO. You can watch it if you have HBO. Uh, you, it, it details um, not, I mean, it graphically, but not, you know, porn graphically, what happened um, from uh, the the men, the former boys, now men, uh, of of uh, James Safechuck and Wade Robson, what they experienced and how they remember it and and how it affected them, um, and it's uh, it's a pretty harrowing story. And I guess my, my point simply being I wasn't there. I, I can't speak to the, the accuracy of, of either of what they said or any of their family members or any of the friends of them or, or Michael Jackson. Uh, you know, whether they're 100% accurate, 99% accurate, 95% accurate, 80%. I, I don't know where that number is um, because I know, you know, the most accurate things you can think of, you can, you can remember happening are things that you've done personally. You know, I, I could probably recount making a pancake for breakfast this morning and I bet I still wouldn't get it 100% accurate. And it happened 20 minutes ago. So to, to say that someone could be 100% accurate remembering events from 20 years ago uh, is uh, 
a little silly to to go to that high of a bar at the on at the outset. So you you can't you know it's one thing to say yes I think this happened and another to say yes I think every single word you said is one hundred percent true and I think I just want to. I don't know, I, I think it's mean, it means something and it's worth acknowledging that distinction. Because um, this is hardly the first documentary like this I've seen. Hardly, definitely won't be the last. Uh, they keep to, especially where we're at now and all the people being taken down, uh, rightfully so, uh, by, by their actions and words. Uh, you know, I think we're going to have a lot more of these sooner rather than later. And it's uh, confusing and um, interesting time in that regard. Because I remember when Michael Jackson died, uh, hearing the news, I believe I was on vacation with um, some of my family at the time, and you know the allegations of his his child molestation were out, and and at that point had been uh, he was not convicted. They had been uncorroborated, un unconfirmed, and I I don't really remember any any words that were said, but I my my feeling of that happening of seeing the news reports of, of watching the news with my family was <clears throat> was one of um just dis despair and disappointment of of sadness of of emptiness you know he's he's not the worst person in the world um and you know he is far far and away one of the more difficult um, instances of being able to separate uh, art from artist, and this is a conversation we are having a lot nowadays, um, especially after you know Brian Singer's Bohemian Rhapsody won four Oscars this year. Uh, how? You know, can we still listen to his music? And I mean, I think it's a case-by-case -case basis, right? You know, you watch this doc, or even if you don't, and you just know. Because, uh, you know, prior to watching this documentary, I didn't know the, the details of what had gone on. Um, but I, I believed them to have been true. And I think that was the wide consensus opinion but I still listened to his music I still loved his music I mean without exaggeration he is an incredible pop star singer performer and it is a deep deep shame that someone as talented as him someone as as monumentally impactful uh, as he has been with his music um, 
had this other side and uh, was also someone molesting children. And I don't know personally uh, if I will ever be able to listen to his music again. I don't know that I definitely don't think I'll be able to do it, you know, intentionally. Uh, but if um, if if Thriller comes on the radio, you know, am I turning it off? Is it going to make me cry? Can I still sing to it? Or what about the ripple effect beyond that? You know, uh, anytime. I watch a movie where they play a Michael Jackson track. Sometime, anytime somebody hums the tune or sings a couple of lines of it in the shower in a movie. Anytime, you know, I remember it being his music being featured on Glee. Uh, I, I love Weird Al. He's parodied Michael Jackson twice. Uh, can you know? Can I listen to those parodies anymore? it's you know how far out does the ripple effect and it's it's not it's not an easy question and it doesn't have an easy answer and it shouldn't i think if it had an easy answer it wouldn't be uh as big of a deal Right. If everyone could easily and collectively say, "All right, wipe him out of the history books," well, you know, we wouldn't wouldn't be having this conversation. But it's not that easy. It's undeniable that his impact um, extends far beyond uh, the 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 molestation charges allegations and and actions you know as a as a performer as a superstar as a singer a dancer he has changed uh an, an, an uncountable and unfathomable unfathomable number of things in in the world he you know did do great things and it's that disparity, it's that dichotomy that, that makes this such a fascinating issue. You know, I think we, we look at a person, any person, and, you know, somebody you love, somebody you care about, and I think we all recognize that these people have flaws. There are things wrong with them. Um, you know, you can look at your family and you love them. But, you know, man, you know, I love my sister, but, you know, she can be really self-centered. Or, um, uh, you know, my mom is amazing and, and I love her so much, but, uh, you know, she, I don't know on a drunk driving car accident and you know some I don't know something and we we think of these flaws or, or issues or problems or mistakes and they they 
impact the way we view a person, but many times they aren't, uh, they don't define the person. You know, how many times have we seen movies, TV shows, uh, people in real life who have picked themselves up and overcome uh, poor circumstances, um, bad choices, um, bad thoughts, and gained that redemption. You know, your your grandfather who who, when you were a kid, you know would would shout racist obscenities. Who now understands the error of his ways who has learned you know is that like those are things that happen those are real things that can happen and do happen and i think when we talk about um, an actor a director a singer a writer a a star a, a celebrity who did something racist, who uh, did something harmful, who, who said something wrong, sexist, uh, who, uh, you know, molested children. While these things are not the same tier of, of quote-unquote evil, uh, they are not the same level of problem, they're not, 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 I am not, I don't mean to say that it is just as easy to get out of being racist as it is to, you know, get past being a child molester, but I'm saying that, is there a world where, had Michael Jackson still been alive, had he chosen if he if he had the capacity to do so to better himself could that have been something he could have achieved and uh, you know due to the circumstances you know you can't I, I don't think I can answer that and I think but I think a lot of people would say no I think a lot of people would say, no, it's, it's what he has done is unforgivable. What he has done is, you know, you, we cannot move past this. We will not forget this. We will not forgive this. And I, I think there's definitely, I, I think that's a perfectly reasonable reaction. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with some, saying and thinking those things. But... I do feel like if 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 it's a scale and child molestation is at the very end of that scale or or very close to the end of that scale and things on the opposite end of that scale can be forgiven, can be moved beyond, can, you know, be redeemed, people who do have committed those other end of the scale things can be redeemed. Where is that line drawn? I don't know. I think that's hardly a discussion uh, that I can adequately hold, honestly. Um,
there's in the dock leaving neverland uh directed by dan reed who is the only film uh, of his that i've seen oh Oh wait, he's not attached as the director anymore, so I don't know what happened. Not on Letterbox. So, either way, uh, still not the only film of his I've seen. In Leaving Neverland, one thing that I really, the thing that stuck out to me the most that I, I immediately drew on was Wade Robson and James Safechuck, who are the primary talking heads of the film we we get their narration and stories throughout the entire runtime they are so collected and reserved and eloquent in what they say uh you know it's not vehement it's not hatred you know you can feel the emotions in them and pouring out of them when they talk uh, despite how how closed off they appear to be but <clears throat> that emotion comes through more in their face more in in their eyes than it does in their voice they don't scream they barely cry I think that when you when you go through a trauma like they have experienced, one that especially does not feel like a trauma when it happens, one that changes over time as you mature, as you come to understand it better, it, I think you kind of the further away you get from it, the I think the, the more disbelief you feel. You know, 10 years removed, you wonder, how could I have let that happen? How could, how did I, why did I react this way, that way? Why, why didn't I think of, why didn't I think it was wrong? Why didn't I think this was a mistake? And then you get further and further removed and you start to understand why those things happened that way. Why? your thoughts went to the direction they did. Well, he made me feel like I was doing the right thing. He made it feel normal. He made it feel natural. He made me feel loved. He made me feel this, 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 this. And it's kind of this interesting phenomenon where when it takes that long to come to terms with what's happening and to do so while surrounding you are other people claiming that those things happened to them and that it was wrong and you're trying to convince yourself or ask yourself was it and you have Michael telling you no they're wrong what we had was good it's it's intensely confusing and conflicting it is is impossible to to kind of 
rationalize and understand the true magnitude of what took place. When we're talking to these two men now, you know, they, they obviously remember what took place very vividly. Better than I remember where I was when Michael Jackson died. Better than I remember, I don't know, yesterday even, maybe. Uh, but I, you know, nothing very impactful happened to me yesterday. Whereas very impactful things happened to them in their early life. And I remember early life things of my own that were very impactful. And to hear them describe these events um, with as much detail as they do, you know that they've laid awake at night thinking about them, wondering about the choices they made, the choices their parents made, the choices Michael made, wondering about the alternative paths their lives could have taken for better and for worse, wondering about the impact that everything has had on them, mentally, psychologically, physically. Worrying about what telling other people will do and will, and how, the, how it will affect their view of who they are inside, outside. Knowing that they spent decades lying and, and defending a lie. You know, I think we all want to boil this stuff down to right and wrong, black and white, one or the other. And it's really easy to make that statement when you're removed from the event. Uh, and, and even when we, like... Even the people who weren't directly, directly, directly being molested by Michael, even the parents, you know, friends, family, they even go through, you know, we talk, we hear from them, we talk to them, and they go through the process of that from their point of view as well, saying, oh, I didn't think anything was wrong at this point. Or, you know, I... I the first time, no, I wasn't going to let my son sleep in the same bed as Michael. Or, oh, I felt Michael was like my other, another son to me. He was like a bigger brother, a big brother to, to James, to Wade. You know, it, it is this gradual progression of, of slowly taking over and, and absorbing these kids. And then, and all these people on the outside are like, no, he's perfectly innocent. He'd never do anything wrong. Or, yes, he's the devil. He's, he's guilty. Lock him away. Sentence him to death. And while I think the actions themselves can be uh, adjudicated on in that type of black or white finality, I think the, the, person who he is um, 
is is much murkier. Everyone can look back at something they've done and know that and and kind of tell themselves in the present, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I think I did that. I made that. I made that was a mistake I made, and I wish I hadn't. And what was what's kind of interesting, and and obviously we don't really get much of from Michael's side of the story uh, in this doc, but what, and, and so, you know, maybe this is, you know, so bias aside, we never really get an idea that Michael recognized himself as doing anything wrong. And I think that speaks to his own mental state that it took him or not rather uh, he he didn't really have that same qualifying um, critical th- thought process of you know it's it's far different from saying you know, I killed this person, and I know it was wrong. Or I raped this person, and I know it was wrong. And I killed them. And it, it was a good thing that I did that. And I, I raped them, and I'm justified in doing that. I, I think there's a distinction there, obviously, and it, it changes how you should look at a person because on the one hand if if you don't recognize the issue if you don't see the problem if you can't understand that what you're doing is wrong yes you're still doing that wrong thing but also if you knew it was wrong maybe you wouldn't do it you know kind of think you know kind of like when you're taught, when you're brought up as a kid, and your parents act a specific, a specific way, racist, sexist, whatever, and you come up that way, assuming that that is normal, and eventually realize it's not, eventually realize what you're doing is wrong, eventually realize what you're doing is hurting other people, maybe you change. Because you've been shown that this thing that you thought wasn't wrong was. And by learning that it was wrong, maybe you stop doing it. Not everyone will, presumably, but some might. And so, you know, theoretically, potentially, possibly... If, and again, all, ba- based on the, the, the bias of the documentary, the inherent bias of the documentary, based on the lack of Michael Jackson, you know, owning up to, I did this thing, it was wrong, I have, I apologize, I am, you know, sincerely sad about the 
mistakes I made. He never said any of that that I know of. Uh, you know, maybe it's out there. But had, you know, it, it's, it, it seems to me that there's a potential chance that you give someone like this or that, that, that you know, if, if the firing in their brain was a little different, if they were made to understand, oh no, this is hurting James or Wade, this is hurting these kids, this family, this is hurting, etc., etc., etc. You know, maybe things turned out turn out differently for them. I don't know. Also, potentially, you know, railing against um, that line of thought. Multiple times uh, during the allegations when they were happening while he was alive, uh, Jackson would reach out to people like Wade and Jimmy, James, uh, to ask them, hey, can you tell them that nothing happened? Hey, can you defend me? Hey, can you testify on my behalf? And they talk about how the first time it happens, they do. Wade was instrumental the first time he went to court and I think showing you know getting those conversations and and again they're all coming from Wade and and James memories but getting those conversations of hey I need you to do this and then later on a, a second time he calls and is like hey can you do this and they say no we're not I, no, and I'm, I'm done with this. I cannot do it. It's too much for me. And and when Michael gets angry at this, like you know, look, they're gonna put me away. They're these are the bad people. They're doing. They're the ones that are evil. Either that's him, still deluded, still uh, somehow, you know literally in his own neverland of of not growing up of not developing far enough into his you know his maturity his his age his his brain not understanding that not giving himself the ability to to really look at what he's done or Alternatively, it's him saying, I need to get away with this. I need to put this to bed. I need to settle this as quickly as possible. And in that respect, I don't think the movie really makes an argument one way or the other. And and one of the things I think is interesting, I don't think the movie really... And I'm not, you know saying that this is a negative or a positive necessarily, but I think the movie distances itself from trying to look at who Michael Jackson was as a person, which is fascinating given that the documentary is almost literally about him at every stage. (laughs) Uh, It is far more interested in Wade and James analyzing themselves during this process. 
in fact, only really interested in doing that and looking at their lives and looking at how they go through year to year, month to month, day to day. And so, you know, we don't really get into Michael's head. We don't get much in the way of his thoughts, his feelings. Um, we don't talk to family and friends of, uh, well, I guess technically you would call these friends of Michael's, but family of Michael's, of, of you know, people who've been friends with him from before he was huge, back when, you know, Jackson 5 era Jack, Michael Jackson. <clears throat> and... I think that's something worth looking into. I, I, if there comes, if they come out with a documentary, year, two years, three years from now, that is more from <clears throat> the Michael Jackson perspective, I'd be really interested to see that. I think that while while understanding him uh, will never take away what he did, will never change what happened. Um, it can help us better understand uh, people like him and uh, if not fix them uh, necessarily, um, at least uh, treat them the appropriate way with the appropriate response for what they did. Because again, I think someone who says, I know I did this bad thing, I am sorry I did this. I am expressing remorse. That is a very different situation than I didn't do a bad thing. I did the thing you're saying, but that's not a bad thing. Like, that is a very different mental state um, for someone to have. And, and both, either way, you know, is, is something that deserves to be treated or, or reacted to, dealt with, responded to, um, uh, um, punished, whatever, but they are separate paths in a way, in a sense. Um, speaking on the documentary, it is very long and unlike some of the other long docs like OJ I don't know that leaving Neverland um, earns its four hours as well uh, at least upon reflection at this point I think <clears throat> I definitely felt myself kind of um losing interest a little bit in the second half of the film um, there's a chunk I don't know it, maybe it was more of and and this could be that I, I kind of remembered the allegations and, and a lot of the stuff you know the Macaulay Culkin side of things whereas in OJ none of it none of it was you know anything I remembered or, or could recall whereas 
and leaving Neverland, there are things. That, that this could benefit and help. Um, or, or benefit and help. Uh, by, by having a, some sort of previous knowledge on the event, it's like, oh, okay, I know this part. Even though it's from a perspective I didn't know, even, you know, I don't, I never knew the names James Safechuck or Wade Robson before. And even though their perspective is one that I didn't have any familiarity with, after three hours of hearing them talk, of listening to them tell you what has happened over and over and over again, I did kind of feel like it was a lot. I think that speaks more to the structure and, and presentation of the documentary than anything else. I, I did not like how much of it was talking heads. I don't know that uh, you could have done this without them. So, uh, you know, I can't... I can't say that they made the wrong choice. It just isn't optimal somehow i think the style could have been better or or there needed to be a way to it might have been that the only talking heads were from the same all from the same perspective whereas um the more re other talking head docs that i can think of uh, that I, I've enjoyed and that the talking head aspect did not bother me is when the th people we're talking to give us multiple sides or it's one person who, you know, it, 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 so like, um, what was it, like the Donald Rumsfeld documentary where it's just him talking about things that he'd done, but now giving us a different perspective. And so we still kind of have that balancing act going on. Whereas, as important as James and Wade's story is, very important, and I'm so glad that this doc exists, getting only their perspective is only part of the story. And even if it's simply, you know... Michael Jackson's sister, and she's just there, you know, even if it's just Janet Jackson, and she's just saying he would never do that, and we just have that like 10 times throughout the film. I think just having that back and forth, um, virtual, quote unquote, back and forth, affects things and, and impacts the the way we would watch this movie. We almost get that. And, and so the film picks up kind of in the last 20, 30 minutes because we almost do get that a little bit when we start to talk about Wade Robson coming forth and going on news programs and talk shows and like telling about his truth and, and revealing what really happened to him. And we start to see all these people say, like, oh, my goodness, like, fuck this guy. He's uh, yeah, such a liar. He's changing story. And you have all these defenders talking against Wade and 
um, yeah, we get that other side. And for a moment at that end, I, I did think it picked up a little bit, giving us that violent and and venomous uh, uh, public rage that that is so frustrating uh, and it's still happening and I love that parallel like this is happening every day about something people as a collective refusing to believe that a person or a movie or a song or whatever it is could ever possibly be wrong in any way shape or form because it means something to them And as human beings, we get attached to these things. We get so attached to them that they become part of us. And I know, I, I believe, there have to be so many people out in the world who grew up with Michael Jackson's music, who, who worship him, who had posters all over their bedroom walls, who learned all the dance moves, who sang all the songs, performed them in talent shows, played them at their wedding, etc., 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 etc. And and this now, and, and as it has been since the allegations came out, um, has, has to have been so difficult, has to have been so almost impossible to to believe I, I you know it's those people who are incapable of saying okay well there's 10 years of my life that have been tainted have been maligned have been impacted by the revelation by the truth by the reality it's not that easy no one's saying that you, you're denying it, you're denying it, you're denying it, and, you know, I, in that respect, you know, feel very fortunate that the people that I looked up to, that I idolized, that I, you know, made part of my life, that I identify with, this hasn't happened to them, fingers crossed, yet, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I think as these year as the time has gone on, Michael Jackson, Brian Singer, Kevin Spacey, etc., 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 and more and more people succumb to victims finally speaking out. It's only going to get more and more difficult to find someone who this hasn't happened to. And how you react to this news when it affects your personal life, says a lot. And these people in this doc who are unwilling, unwilling to entertain that there's truth to what Wade Robson is saying, you know, I don't know how to... I don't know what you... you I don't know how you react. I don't know what you say to that. I don't know 
what she's saying. A friend of mine that I went to college with, that I lived with for a couple years, is a huge Michael Jackson fan. Huge. I remember one night in college, um, both of us had a paper we were supposed to be writing. And instead of that, we spent two, three, four hours maybe just watching Michael Jackson music videos on YouTube. And I remember we both loved that night. From the music, the videos, you know, just the shared experience of, of that night was impactful, was meaningful, important. I, uh, and he, he's kind of, he's a pretty level-headed guy. I'm, I'm really interested to see and hear and, and what his thoughts are. Because obviously when I was in college there were allegations. Michael Jackson had already died. Um, but it hadn't really peaked yet. We hadn't hit that point where if, if the artist did a bad thing, suddenly the art was rendered um, as equal to the artist. And now, with everything that's happened, with everything that's changed, I would love to pick his mind about this. Um yeah, so I I think it's a good documentary. I think it fails to reach the heights of something like OJ, but and it would I would even say it doesn't quite reach the heights of something like Apollo 11, which was doing more interesting uh, stuff from a film perspective. Undeniably, the story in Leaving Neverland is one of importance, but again, like the reason Talking Head documentaries have kind of gone out of style is if I could read a, an article or a book or something and glean the same information, what was the point of this? And I think the main point, I think the main reason why making this a documentary and not an audiobook or, or something is for the testimonies uh, from Wade and James and seeing their faces when they talk about it. I think that is far more valuable than the words that they're saying in most cases. So, 
So I think I think leaving Neverland is a good dock, but um, not quite not not exactly revolutionary in that sense. And uh, yeah, so that's that's gonna be it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you would like to find more episodes, you can head over to circleoffilm.com. All the old episodes are over there. Or you can find it most places uh, podcasts can be found, including iTunes. Um, if you rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, greatly appreciated. If you'd like to support in other ways, you can also go to patreon.com slash circleoffilm and support the show for as little as $0.08 cents an episode. If you would like to get in touch with me, talk about Leaving Neverland, talk about Apollo 11, anything, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Circle of Film, Letterboxd, at Circle of Film, or email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know. She'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.